following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020, season 16, episode number 23. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Starman. Nick and Nick and I are here. We got Dave and Amber at their homes. We're talking Cowboys football with you guys for about 45 minutes, and we've got so much to get into. As I started putting this together, there are so many different topics we can hit. But I think right now there's none bigger than the injury situation for this team. Cowboys came out of that last game a little beat up. And quite frankly, beat up at some positions where I think they probably don't have a lot of room to be beat up. So we're going to talk about that. I'm going to run through some of these different positions and and what your your take is on how they should handle some of these situations. We'll do a segment where we'll do our I know, I think, I have no idea. Hopefully you guys got some good stuff there. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Dak Prescott. Some news came out yesterday that was pretty interesting about the contract negotiations and how they played out this offseason. I want to get your opinions on that. And then we'll uh, get to the end of the show where we'll talk a little bit about the NFC East and the teams there and what they did over week one and what we expect going into week two. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. Great, Derek. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. (laughs) Awesome. We got good energy. And by the way, Dave, your stars... Going to the uh, the uh, uh, the finals, okay. Stanley Cup finals. That's what I said. The finals. Go they're ahead. not. They're not my stars. You're wearing I'm the happy shirt for the stars. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to support local. I mean, I'm happy they won. I just I don't want people to think that I, like I I don't want to sound like a bandwagon guy. I am uh, for the okay. stars. I am. I've jumped on. This so is you're on the, the bandwagon. I, Go stars. Yeah, I, I, I I'm just I saying like now. I mean, they're in the Stanley Cup finals now. It's I will say this. I'm oh. just saying. Oh, go ahead, go Dave. Ahead. No, go ahead, Dave. Just, you know, shout out Danny Sarek and Kelsey Charles. Like, there's a lot of people that have cared about the stars a lot longer than I have, but I'm very Mickey. excited that they're in the Mickey's Stanley a Cup season finals. ticket holder. Yeah, no, Mickey, yeah. Go. Mickey yeah, Mickey's a season ticket holder. They're upset, actually. They, they're, like, happy and upset at the same Why? time. Because they've waited so long. You get season tickets so you can go to games oh, and you can go yeah, to for I a moment like this, and yeah. they're playing where? Edmonton or something? I mean, yeah, I don't know where. But, whatever. I mean, congratulations Edmonton. to the Stars. That's a big feat. Now, I mean, I'll even watch this because, you know, it's the local team. Like you said, it's the there local team. I'm not a hockey fan, but Clearly. when your local team is is in it, then you kind of watch. Same reason when I watched the, the, the Rangers when they were in the World Series. It's the local team you root for. All right, so good luck to the Stars. Let's jump into some Cowboys talk. I first want to start with some of these injuries. We'll start with Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, yesterday, uh, it was, uh, I guess it's, it's been confirmed that he has a broken collarbone, looking like he could be out up to eight weeks. Um, my first question for you guys is, what would you do at the linebacker position? Nick, let's start with you. Based on what they currently have, based upon him being out, based upon Sean Lee being out for another presumably at least two weeks, mm-hmm. what do you do at linebacker position? Well, I think Leighton is having surgery today. Okay. Uh, he might have already had it, but it's supposed to be today. Um, what do you do? You play Joe Thomas. You know Joe Thomas is, is a good is a good player. I think he's he might be one of those guys that's better as the backup linebacker who will play a lot of your special teams. So if he has to play a lot, um, you know I wouldn't be surprised if Luke Gifford is is actually inserted into this. He may even start. 
Um, you know, he's been banged up as, as well his whole career. But um, I think Luke Gifford's a guy that might be a, uh, somebody that wears the helmet that that has the that can make the calls. So it wouldn't surprise me if Gifford plays a lot and perhaps even starts. Amber, what do you do? I would like to see uh, Bernard over Luke Gifford just because he was actually able to get more work in during training camp. And, and like Nick mentioned, Gifford has been dealing with his own injuries. And I, I know he's healthy now, but still those uh, being out there and being able to practice obviously make a difference. And Bernard, I know he he might not be at the level that you want him to be yet, but I think that based on everything that he showed during training camp, he has enough to at least be able to get in there and get some reps and get some practice in on real game time. You know, uh, we were kind of all – I'll get let Dave talk about linebacker for a second, but about Bernard, you know, we were all kind of wondering why he was cut. And I, I had someone tell me the other day that – the two things that are that's bad about Bernard is number one, he can't run, he's not very fast, and number two, he knows he's not very fast. So he, which I don't re- really know what that means. It's just that those two things, he's not a, he's not a fluid player, sideline to sideline type. Uh, he he makes some plays, he gets around the ball, which you know. I mean, that, that, there's worse things in the world than, than that, but I think that his athleticism is what uh, scares the Cowboys a little bit. But I do think she's right. I think that he'll get called up, I don't, I, but maybe for special teams purposes. Dave, what do you do at linebacker? Yeah, I, I would guess Bernard gets called up to help account for Joe Thomas's special team snaps would be my guess. But overall, I think this is a situation where – I mean, look, nobody's excited about it, but I think you just kind of have to hold the line. Uh, you know, Joe Thomas can step in and get starting snaps. Luke Gifford can help. Bernard can handle some special teams. And, you know, I'd like to believe Sean Lee will be available in a couple weeks. You can roll your eyes at me if you want to, but he started 13 games last year and played really well. So, I look, we all know injuries have been a problem for him his entire career, but he does have a track record of stepping in and <laughs> playing well when he's healthy. You, and you just got to do what you got to do in an unideal situation right now. You know, Leighton, hopefully, hopefully he'll be back in six to eight weeks. Uh, like I said, you get reinforcements with Sean in a few weeks, hopefully. And, you know, I think that's probably your best bet. People people want to throw out like a Clay Matthews. That's not the type of linebacker the Cowboys no. need. You know, that he, he's, he made his money in his Pro Bowls as a pass rusher. Uh, so I don't know how many pure off-ball linebackers that would make this team better are available that are you know better than the guys that have been here throughout camp and and you know have we heard anything else on like Sean Lee I know I'm still very confused on his injury and I know he's on IR and that's at least two more weeks before he gets to come back but it's just very confusing to me after an offseason of not necessarily getting some football work in and then he comes back not being able to do anything at all now they they haven't really said a lot about his injury, and they didn't have to once they put him on IR. He's not even on the list for in, the injury report. So, uh, Dave, unless you know kind of what he's dealing with, I mean, I I, I don't. I don't. I th- I mean, w- with Sean, you know, I don't want to be reckless, but with Sean, soft tissue is usually a good guess. That's been the problem with him for most of his career I know you know he's done a lot of conditioning with Britt Brown the director of rehab you know all throughout training camp but yeah they've been super quiet with whatever it is which is sort of weird to me because we're used to talking about Sean Lee's injuries so I I don't know that anybody would 
that it should be extra alarming. But at, th at this point, I'm taking him at their word that he can be available in the next three or so weeks. Um, if that's not true, then it changes the game a little bit. But for the time being, you know, with a game in five days, like I said, I, I think you, you are what you are for right now. I don't think any of us, and I th actually I should say all of us, agreed, I think, on Sunday. Jalen Smith didn't have his best game uh, against the Rams. That all being said, I want you guys to give, we're going to go around, I want you guys to give me a number, 10 being the most and one being the least. How concerned are you with the linebacker position? Let's start with you, Amber. Eight. I'm pretty concerned, honestly. And, she and like another thing that's <laughs> she had the thumb. She no, had the thumb. Eight. Yeah, she had the thumb. Oh. You didn't count the thumb. Yeah, I don't, there you yeah. go. Good I job. Have my little thumbs out. <laughs> um, no, I, I was gonna say another thing that's very confusing to me is I, I know I watched Jalen Smith all throughout camp, and I know that these practices are very different from real game. But at the same time, I just don't understand how you go from having such a great camp into playing the way that he did on Sunday it's it's just it doesn't make any sense to me I was expecting him to be able to do a lot more and unfortunately he did so I am I am pretty concerned at the linebacker position right now you know one I thing, can offer you a bit of an explanation there so go ahead, Dave. I, no, go ahead. and that's I think maybe maybe we didn't do a good enough job I think we did but like a thing that people have to remember about this training camp is like we were watching them install their offense and defense. Like, that's what that was. They were going through what they want to put in. Like, they're not playing a game against each other. You know, they're not necessarily trying to exploit each other. They're trying to get familiar with what they're going to be running on Sundays throughout the season on offense and defense. And so it's a lot different going against an install against your own team than the Rams sitting down and saying – this is what Jalen Smith doesn't do well, and this is how we're going to target it. Uh, I think those are two completely different things. And to fold that into my answer, yeah, I'm right there with you, AG. Like, having watched them play on Sunday and knowing that Layton's not available, I'm at like an eight because, I mean, Jalen Smith just looked like a, a serious problem, and then the guy next to him, Layton, is out. It, it seems bad to me. The other thing I'll point out real quick, Nick, before I get yours is I think with, with Jalen Smith and what you saw during training camp, I don't think the Cowboys offense during training camp looked a lot like what you saw the Cowboys having a problem with the other night against the Rams. It wasn't a lot of misdirection. It wasn't a lot of screens. It wasn't the things that typically have hurt this defense over the last couple of years, particularly when they've played the Rams. And so I think maybe we just didn't see Jalen in that kind of situation. The other night, what it looked like was, again, Jalen was having a hard time diagnosing what was going on. Then he'd get out of position, and then he couldn't get off blocks. And and so when you got those three things happening, it's not yeah. like it is not going to be a good day for you against a team that's doing that kind of stuff on offense. Question will be: Can was that just a bad game because he wasn't prepared for it? In which case, you kind of wonder why wasn't he prepared for it? Or is this just a sign that that things are going to be as they have been for him? Which means that Jalen is going to be an okay player. But Jalen's going to always have some issues, which that's what we saw last year. He was an okay player, but he certainly had issues at times. Nick? Well, I mean, yeah, I think we're all concerned about it. But the, the more concerning part is, is your linebackers might be your best positions on defense still. 
I mean, really? Well, I mean, from what if we're if we're judging one game, I mean, because if we're judging one game off Jalen Smith, I'd hate to judge Tank Lawrence right now. I'd hate to judge some of those defensive linemen. The secondary didn't. I mean, they, they were okay. I mean, that nothing great. So the the problem is, is that we were we thought that the linebackers would be freed up to go run and make plays and do all that, and you know that that really didn't happen. I mean, the Rams give them some credit too. That they, they did a really good job. They, they did this two years ago of. of disguising things and and they make it really tough for for your linebackers somebody said this to me on twitter and 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 i you know nobody cares about excuses but let's not be surprised that one team that's got a four years with the coaching staff that's actually been to a super bowl actually come out and look way more prepared than somebody than another coaching staff that's never played a game in a preseason done anything before like that, that shouldn't be surprising. No one cares. No one's saying that excuses. I'm just saying one team has done this a lot, and at the very high level, one team hasn't, and it showed. But but I think what we've been kind of at least sold, in my opinion, maybe not said explicitly, but what I think we've been sold is the fact that when you look at it, there's going to be uh, – I mean, this team was basically coming in, and it was an advantage that nobody had seen what they were going to do. Nope. That certainly didn't look like the case there. You knew exactly, like we all talk about, we saw exactly with the Rams what we had seen before from the Rams. And so you had one team that could look at film and actually see what they do, and they looked like they were completely out of sorts and didn't exactly know how to react to that. You had another team that nobody had any idea what they were going to do, and it seemed like for the most part they were able to neutralize a because, lot of that stuff. Yeah, and the main reason for that is because their offensive coordinator called the same plays that he was calling last year. I mean, like we saw bubble screams, pop passes, we saw all of those little reverse misdirection things in, in training camp. Didn't see anything like that during the game. I mean, I really I didn't I didn't see Tony Pollard do dynamic things. I didn't see C D Lamb going in motion with fake reverses and things like that. I didn't see all that. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about Blake Jarwin. Uh, Blake Jarwin now is expected to miss the season with a torn ACL. Um, my question for you guys is, what do you do with that position? Uh, you do have a guy like a Delaney Walker who has been injured a lot during his career, coming off an injury, an older guy, but when healthy, pretty productive, and at least according to reports, he is sitting out there healthy. Do you look at maybe going out and getting a guy like a Delaney Walker to bring in to your team? Let's start first with you, Dave. Man, I lean toward thinking they have to, and I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to say Delaney Walker is the same guy that he was when he was on a Super Bowl team. I'm looking at his stats. I mean, he had an 800-yard season in 2017. That was the last time he made the Pro Bowl. Injuries have completely decimated his production since then. He had 200 yards in seven games last year. If he's healthy, I would kick the tires because – we already knew the tight end position was one of the thinnest on this entire team, and I felt good about it because that's how much I like Blake Jarwin. But to lose him in the first half of the first game, I mean, think think about what you have behind him. Uh, you have, what, third-year pro Dalton Schultz, who once again, you know, he, he did not live up to the opportunity that he was given by Jarwin's injury. Sean McCune has never played an NFL game. Blake Bell has been... You know, he's been a goal line package blocking role player his entire career. He got eight snaps the other night. And then there's Cole Hikutini, who's been in the league since 2017. And if he's ever spent time on an active roster, it's not a long time. Like, you're just not, you're not looking at a lot in the way of proven experience. And it's awfully scary. Um, it sounds like they're not going to do anything about it this week, which 
to be fair, you know, a guy that you signed today probably wouldn't even be able to get in the building until like Friday. So it is what it is. But I don't know how you go through a whole season with that as your tight end core. Amber, what do you do at tight end? Uh, I agree with everything that Dave said. I I don't see the Cowboys um, getting Walker right now. I, I the, the Cowboys are just not. And again, we have a whole new coaching staff, so I don't know what Mike McCarthy's input is in all this. But I just don't see the Cowboys making that move right now. But I do think that they absolutely need to address it. There there is not much talent, and I'm not trying to hate on all the tight ends that the Cowboys currently have, but honestly, no one has done anything that is exciting or that I would say... And, and Cole Hikutini would be the only one from that list that I felt that I saw making more plays during training camp. But then again, that was like, okay, a guy to have as a, in the depth chart and as a practice squad player to help out, not even to talk about like, oh, let's have him start in a game. So... I, I just don't know. They're just going to have to change their game plan on this and try to... And I know we're about to get into that, Derek, but they they just need to change it up and, and figure out a different type of personnel here. Speaking of that, Nick, why don't you tell me, uh, would you consider the possibility of... Am I boring you? No, no. Okay, good. No, I'm trying not to cough. Oh. Can't cough oh, in not this in world. Here. Yeah, can't okay. cough at all. All right. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. All right. Um, got glass here. So, uh, no, it, would you consider the possibility, if you're the Cowboys, of maybe just using the tight end a lot less here and maybe going with more 10 personnel or 20 personnel? You can get Pollard on the field with Zeke with three wide receivers, or you can get you know one running back and, and four wide receivers if you want to go that route. Like, would you look at that as a, as a possibility? and just kind of take the tight end a little, take a step back with the tight end and just not use them as much in this offense? Um, I, yeah, that's what you're going to have to do if, if they don't, especially like for this week, like Dave said, you know, you really can't bring a guy in right now and expect him to do anything unless it was Hickatini, but he was on your practice squad anyways. So, you know, there's probably not a lot of confidence there. But I, I think you've got to get creative. We've already seen a little bit with the Antoine Woods putting him at fullback. Um, I like that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think that was a great idea. Yeah. Um, um, two years ago, but I think that sorry, um, you, you can do that kind of stuff though. Yeah. There's defensive ends that, that do that. I mean, I think the Chicago Bears a couple like last year they had four different defensive players on a goal line thing. So you're gonna have to find some players that can kind of help you. Uh, whether it, maybe it's an extra offensive tackle, but guess what? They're, that's a position that they're lacking of depth as well. But you just got to get creative with different packages uh, on third downs and things like that. If it's not third and short and goal line, then yeah. I agree with you. Uh, go with the d- different personnel groups and, and all that. But this is just a really weird, uh, unique position where somebody could come in and leapfrog all of the tight ends and actually start. Like when she was talking about Hickatini, I actually could see him starting. It's, it's it, Because that probably won't happen, but I could just see because that's the role of, of, of the other two guys keep their same role and you need more of that pass catcher. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I do want to talk a little bit about the offensive tackle position. Then we'll get into some other topics. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. 
Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. To the break. Elevate your elevate your work environment at Formation at the Star, offering unique workspace amenities with a variety of membership options, including private offices, dedicated desks, and open workspace. Book a tour at Formation at the Welcome back to the second segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave and, and uh, Amber at their homes. What's wrong, Dave? Why is Dave right? always like, He's making so many faces. He looks faces, like an emoji Dave. every time. He's got the face. <laughs> it's just, it's because I'm just staring at my own face for an hour and it feels weird. So I have to break up the monotony. I don't You're just know. entertaining yourself, Sorry. I guess. Huh? Like every time I look over there, yeah, it looks like one yeah. of your emojis. He's got a hand face. He's got the, like the eyeballs. You know. Head explosion. Not doing I'm that a- one. I'm expressive. I'm expressing <laughs> myself. True. One of these days when we don't have a lot on the docket to talk about. I'm going to have Dave go back to his background and just kind of talk about all the different little relics he has back there and what significance they hold, because it's actually pretty interesting when you start looking at it. A lot of cool stuff. Amber, did you do that painting behind you? Because you probably did, but I don't know, maybe. You think she has paintings of it in her <laughs> yeah. house that she didn't do? No, right. That's a good point. Very nice work. All right, let's jump back in. I do want to talk about Cam Irving. That's the last injury that we had to talk about from the game. Offensive tackle. He's the backup. Uh, I guess we we all kind of were surprised. I was surprised a little bit by that, that he was the backup going into that game. Nick, tell me what his injury is and what they're thinking as far as the amount of time he's going to be out. Yeah, it didn't start. He played on kickoff. Uh, I mean, on, I mean, on the field goal team. So that 53-yard field goal, he also he got hurt on that and it sprained MCL. That's usually a two to four week. Uh, they can put him on injured reserve to return if they wanted to. Um, there's not a lot of options on the practice squad. Um, I forget the guy's name. Dave might know. I, they picked him up from the Giants. He's a tackle. And, of course, there's another tackle on the practice squad as well. But I couldn't pronounce it. So, I, yeah. Isaac. Yeah. But I don't think he's... Isaac, which I would be shocked if Isaac is ready to play in a game right now. No, Isaac need, needs... I don't think he can. I don't. I, I don't know if because of the program 
that he's in, he's able to like be el- eligible to play in a real game this year. Really? Like, what if what if they sign like a badass? Yeah, just just to be clear, what what Amber's talking about there is he is a player from Mexico. Uh, there are four teams. I think it's all NFC East teams that all have a player from another country, and it's a part of their international program of starting to integrate players from other countries into the NFL. And so basically, the Cowboys get a, an exemption on their roster. He doesn't count on their roster. He's an extra guy. Uh, but it allows them to start integrating international players into the but, uh, into the into the sport. But I wouldn't think they would just pigeonhole themselves of not being. I mean, yeah, I, if a yeah, guy was good enough to play, I mean, I'm sure they could. You would think so, but I mean, as long as you put him onto your active roster, yeah, um, he, which he would count. And then I don't think you would be able to put him on your active roster and him be still an exemption. I think maybe he's just an exemption as a as a but practice squad player. He travels. I mean, I was surprised by that when I saw him. He was the first guy I saw. Actually uh, traveling, he had his bag and everything, and I was like, you know, no offense to him, but I mean, he's the 17th practice squad player, I think. So I was like, well, if he's traveling, everybody's traveling, you know. Everybody is, except for me and Dave and Amber. I I, I, I get it, but you guys might be playing right tackle. I mean, you guys, <laughs> good point. Um, no, I just I just my, that's my point is that that's why everyone's like, well, you know, this guy's out there. I mean, Ron Leary's out there, and and Delaney Walker's out there, and all these guys are out there. I'm like, yeah, but that's why there's 16 practice squad players. That's why they travel. That's why there's these different rules because that's not really a great option. So the key is just don't have two or three main injuries on week one. Just don't do that. <laughs> Try not to. Try do not that. to have that happen. <laughs> Yeah, you you know let's uh, let's talk about the guy who did start Terrence Steele. Um, I'm not I'm not one that puts everything into Pro Football Focus, but there was a report that came out yesterday that on Pro Football Focus this week, uh, Terrence Steele was listed as second worst uh, offensive tackle throughout the entire league as far as how he graded in his performance this this game. Um, so I want to go with you guys. Y'all tell me, what, what do you think, based upon what you saw from Terrence Steele, I'm assuming you went back and even watched some of the game, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Terrence Steele and how he performed? Dave, let's go with you. Well, I'm still waiting on the All-22 from NFL Game Pass, so tick, tick-tock, NFL. Some of us have jobs to do. Um, but, I mean, just from watching the game and then going back and watching it on DVR, which... Don't try to judge offensive line play from TV copy, but he didn't ru- like the, he, he didn't wreck the offense. Like they couldn't they they didn't have to change what they were doing because he was so bad. And for a guy starting his first NFL game against, I mean, I know Aaron Donald doesn't play over there, but against a pretty decent uh, front seven, like I I thought he was fine. Honestly, um, I'm not surprised that he graded out low. That that's not shocking to me. But like I said, you know. Not to bring up Chaz Green for the 10 millionth time, but once you've seen that, everything else looks better. So that's kind of how I feel, I guess. Amber, what do you think? That's exactly how I always judge offensive linemen now is compared <laughs> Was it to Chaz the Green? Chaz Green game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, am, uh, I agree with Dave. Honestly, I don't think he did a horrible job. Now, that's not to say that I don't think that the position needs help. I do think they need to add some depth there and hopefully step up the game. But at the same time, I, I thought that the, the game could have gone a lot worse. Uh, I thought Dak could have been struggling a lot more throughout the game, and that wasn't the case. He honestly played better than my expectations. 
Yeah, I, I didn't realize that Chaz Green has become a verb. Like I saw that on Twitter. Like, well, he didn't really Chaz Green the game. Like, you know, like I that's that was like a reference there. But um, I, I he didn't seem like it. You, you're right. I mean, this didn't seem like it was that bad where you didn't notice it. But you know, I, I'll kind of disagree with a little bit what Dave said when he said Aaron Donald doesn't play over there. Well, he does though. He does because you have to atone for him in the middle. There's no. It's hard to double team the the outside when you've got to deal with him. He is such a problem on the inside. Right. So you know, and then you lose your tight end. So there's not a lot of chipping going on there, and you don't have a fullback. So it. He was put out there. I mean, Lyle Collins needed to be out there, and, and and that's you know. And we're also forgetting that. I mean, it's only two more games of this. So I I talked to Terrence after the game, and he said, you know, he he, he admitted that he struggled a lot there early on. He was real nervous, but um, then he settled down. Then he had that play at the end. But I I think Brandon Knight is a better option. I I consider Brandon Knight to be a uh, a bar, you know, like he's he's like a bar fight type of guy. You know, he's just going to go in there and just brawl. And and it reminds me a little bit of Columbo. And I think he is just such a competitor. You know, I, I would like to see him do it because we, we we've seen him play before, and I think he would be okay over there. Do you guys think that maybe the Cowboys should consider going with a more nuclear type option uh, and, and look at somebody like I know we talked that Connor Williams hasn't done it. But should they look at that knowing that right now you, you look at the fact that still didn't play a great game. You look at the fact that your tight end, your starting tight end is now out. So you're, you're going to have Schultz on the field probably more, which he's not a great blocker. Yeah. Um, and you look at the fact that, um, that, that Cam Irving is now also going to be out for a while. Do you think maybe the Cowboys need to start reconsidering and saying, okay, right now, you got Connor Williams at guard. You got Connor McGovern sitting on your bench at guard. You got Brandon Mc, Brandon McKnight. Brandon Knight sitting on your bench as a guard as well. Maybe you ought to think about maybe moving one of those guards, maybe Connor Williams because he's done it before, to tackle and, and maybe put McGovern in there to, to play guard. You think maybe they should look at it like that? I know we've been talking about Connor making that transition for like a year and a half or so. But how quickly can you actually get a player like him to make a transition like that to tackle? I know he played it back in college, but it's been a while, and the NFL is completely different than, than college. So that, that's my question for you guys. Hopefully know better than me. Uh, how quickly can a player like that make a transition? If they were going to do that, then it should have been an active plan during the offseason and training camp. Like, he should have been mixing and matching and getting reps – and, you know, we don't see everything, but I never saw that. It didn't look like they were interested in doing it. Connor's been playing nothing but left guard. In a game week situation, again, you know, they're already they're already knee deep in the game planning for Atlanta. It seems so unfair to me to ask him to do that on five days notice and then expect him to be good at it. And well, I know he did it in college, but college was already a long time ago for him let's let's take that out of the mix because I'm not saying you necessarily make that move this week what I'm saying is should they start that that transition process now should they start in practice start working with him to see if maybe you give him some reps to play at at, at right tackle and just give yourself a little more flexibility as you go down the road and maybe this is a a move that happens week five or week six I'm just saying do, do they need to start thinking about some bigger plan options because right now I just don't feel great about the right tackle position well you know like I said though Lyle 
Collins is, I mean, if we're talking about Sean Lee in two weeks, Lyle Collins is, is two more games and he's eligible to come back. So, Do we think he's going to be ready to go by then? I, yeah, I would think so. Okay, I, I, I do think that he would be ready to go. Um, and also, you know, the, the weird part about you're talking about Connor Williams moving is that, is that the guy that replaces him at guard, is it, is it McGovern, who's never played a game? Is it uh, Joe Looney? Has just same as Steele, though. Well, I mean, but Steele has. He's played one game. Yeah. Okay. We, we already saw that. It wasn't great. So. <laughs> I'm just saying. And, and Brandon Knight has played, too. So, I mean, either you put Looney over there and, and Biotish is in there, who's never played a game. I mean, like, you just don't have a lot of, a lot of options. I, I get your point about long-term things, but, you know, it's not like they practice for four hours. I mean, you have to – the continuity is so important that he's they've got to get in there – I, it, they don't have a lot of options. I mean, I hate to say the words "next man up," but I mean, it, it has to be something like that. I, I get all of that. Well, I, I just think right now, you look at your tackle position. You look at Lyle being out right now, and hopefully, comes back in two weeks. But we all have agreed that with Tyron, you just never know, right? So the likelihood that you're going to get through this whole season and Tyron's going to play 16 games, if you look at his history. You're probably betting on the wrong side of that, right? So you better have some other options at tackle. And right now, I don't know that they have other options, better options at at tackle. I don't understand. I'm I'm with Nick for the record. I don't. I wonder if That's this is twice a Joe Philbin thing. That right? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I wonder if this is a Joe Philbin thing that he looked at Brandon Knight and said, "Ah, he's a guard, not a tackle." Because he was yeah. a right tackle in college. He was pretty damn good at it in Indiana. Made the team as an undrafted rookie. Had to start for the Cowboys last year, and you know I'd have to go back and watch it, but I feel confident saying he played better when he was out there than Terrence Steele did the other night. Uh, so I I don't really get it. That would be you know if you're not satisfied with Terrence Steele, that would be my go-to, and then hope for the best with with Lyell. Um, I I don't I don't get the Connor thing at all because like everybody dogs Connor for being the weak link of the offensive line. So you move him out to a new position that he's never played because he was a left tackle in college, and then we have no idea what Connor McGovern is either for that matter. I hope he's a good player, but I don't know. Uh, so it just sounds like you're weakening two positions because you're scared of one, in mm-hmm. my opinion. All right. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, DAC report, this report on DAC's contract and some of the negotiations that were going on around that and get your opinions on, if it is true, whether you think the Cowboys made a good decision. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. It's DCU. Nice. All right. Final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I wanted to talk about this DAC report uh, that came out yesterday. Um, basically, what it said was that the Cowboys, in their negotiations over the uh, offseason with Dak and his people, turned down a an offer, a counteroffer from from Dak's side that said basically it was going to be a five year deal. It would average about thirty five million a year, which the money and the years sound like what we've heard the Cowboys would actually be in favor of. But there was one little caveat to it that I want to get your opinions on. Supposedly, the caveat was that the Cowboys balked at is that they would not be able to use the franchise tag on Dak once that contract was done. Now, I don't know if that was true. We we haven't heard that from the Cowboys. But I wanted to say, assuming, or I want to ask, assuming that that is accurate, did the Cowboys make a wise decision there to, to not give up the franchise tag but get everything else that they wanted in that deal? Nick, we'll start with you. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Was that? Is there sources involved in that? That that report? Yeah, it's always. I mean, anonymous yeah, sources. I, I just that just doesn't seem like that would be the sticking point there. And again, it wouldn't though. That I, it makes a lot of sense to me because I just think when you look at the franchise, that's your leverage. If you don't have leverage, you have no negotiating power. If you got a quarterback that's good, none. Okay, but we're talking about him in his. Tenth year of his career at this point. Now yeah. I get it. Breeze is, you know, yeah. I mean, this guy's outstanding. I mean, the great ones do. They they last that long. But I don't know. I just I I don't like. I mean, personally, I don't like speculating on a report that from a source that who knows if they got all that information right. If it's right, I just I wouldn't think that would be the sticking point. Not for me, at least. Um, Thirty-five seems like a good number for what you're trying to do. If that was the only thing, that doesn't seem like that would be the wise thing for the Cowboys. But I'm sure there's more to it than that. But I don't know. Amber, I'm still trying to wrap my head and and, and like process this whole thing. I I don't really get why that would be the breaking point of a contract or getting a deal done here and and for a guy like Dak Prescott who I I I don't see him planning his future for that long but then again you just never know a lot of these guys are are starting to get long-term contract deals with a lot of money and I get why you wouldn't want to necessarily be franchise tagged again 
But at the same time, that that is just something that I find hard to believe as far as that being the real reason as to why a contract hasn't gotten done or didn't get done. Dave. I don't want to... I don't want to throw too much shade because it's hard to reach the top of this industry. And I'm, I'm definitely not the most plugged in reporter in the world, but I know the source, I know where this is coming from and I don't necessarily trust the track record there. You know, there's, there's a handful of people that report NFL news who I think are rock solid. They're very rarely wrong. And this is not one of those people. So take, you know, so right off the bat, I'm taking what I'm hearing with a grain of salt. Um, I guess it makes sense because, yeah, I mean, Nick kind of alluded to it with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Like once quarterbacks get into that stage of their career, you kind of need the franchise tag just to hammer things out. You know, like Brees has been going year to year for forever. So, is, you know, Brady does it all the time. So I understand why the Cowboys would be reluctant. But isn't it like six of one, half a dozen of the other? Like, by not agreeing to the deal, like you can get him locked in on a deal that's going to save you money and he might take you to the cleaners five years from now. But and that sucks. But by not doing that, he's going to take you to the cleaners right now, <laughs> which is when you need the space, because that's how the roster is constructed. Also, the cap is about to be in flux. Like I I would not have turned that down if I were the Cowboys, if this is true. Um, I get their reluctance. I do understand it. But I think I would have just said, let future Cowboys, let, let that be somebody else's problem five or six years from now. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point, Dave. I didn't think about it like that, that you, you're kind of going to get screwed here now or, yeah. or later. The one thing I will say, though, is it, I do think like you, the term you use, take them to the cleaners. I don't think he's taking them to the cleaners this year. I don't think he'll take him to the cleaners next year because they could still franchise him again what, next what year. What cleaners are y'all going that, to? No, no, that's, that's right. But but you get my point. Like I think that I think they probably felt like giving up that leverage in the future is not worth that right now. Because again, let's assume for a second, right now in the negotiations, they didn't have a franchise tag. If they didn't have a franchise tag, they had no leverage. Dak would have said, either you pay me this or I'm going to go to the free agent market and somebody's going to pay me that, right? And and I think that's where if you've got a player, that, particularly a quarterback position, you know, again, we're, we're basing a lot on the fact that this report is accurate. It may or may not. It's more for conjecture and our fun of having the conversation. But assuming that it is somewhat accurate, then the way I look at it is, if I'm the Cowboys, I probably would have done the same thing. I'm passing on anything that takes away my right to to use a franchise tag on a quarterback because I just know how how much in demand quarterbacks are, and there is somebody out there that's willing to pay even a good quarterback, great quarterback money. Yeah, I it's this is a tough one for me, and every time I say anything negative towards Dak, I get a lot of people that, that think I'm this Dak hater, and and I'm not. I mean, I think he is your he's the guy you go to war with. I mean, he's the guy that should be the captain every single game, the the one that stands out there as long as he you know says it clearly to the ref heads or tails or what they want to do. You know, there's no issue there. But he's your captain. He's your captain all the way. Um, I still just wonder what happens if we play this season and he can and, and this team doesn't meet expectations and they don't win close games I just don't know if that's going to help him and I would have if I was him I would have got a deal done I just would have I would have done whatever I could to get a deal done um but because I I don't I don't think it's going to work I don't think his asking price because I've seen people say well his price just went up you know because of what Deshaun Watson did his price just went up what if it doesn't 
Well, but I think when you look at around the league right now, will, at though. least after week one, at least after week one, I don't think Dak looked like he wasn't in the same category with Deshaun Watson. Like I, I, that's my point. Like I do kind of agree with what people are saying that as this thing goes on, I think Dak's gonna he has all the weapons for him to be a really good quarterback. I think the wheels would have to fall completely off for the Cowboys not to feel like they want to go back at, and take another bite at the mm-hmm. apple. Like I just don't think so. At the least. He's going to get that franchise tag next year yeah. and make thirty-eight million dollars. That's the very least. I think that so that the price has already gone up, right? So that's where I look at it and say, yeah, the price is going to go up. But I also think, and you even heard Steven say it on his comments. You know, they know that Dak bet on himself, and they know Dak probably won and probably earned some money by betting on himself. But that's kind of the way the negotiations had to go. And sometimes you get in those situations based upon the negotiation. You just have to go that route. And I think that's what happened here. What if he gets hurt? Or if he gets hurt, it would have out. to be a huge, like the kind of injury that you don't know if he can come be, back from. Yeah, I mean, it's never have to been be a hurt. Teddy Bridgewater situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I and I and I, think, I see that's. Go ahead. go ahead, Dave. Oh, sorry, Nick. I, Derek, you kind of just laid out my point though. Is like, I just I don't see the Cowboys having a ton of leverage in this situation unless they are. Willing to part ways with Dak. Which, the only leverage they got is franchise tag. Okay, but here's here's it right and and sorry. Go ahead. No, go, ahead. No, go ahead, Dave. Here's, go ahead. Here, let me say this. Here's no, it, the, here's it. Okay, Dave. It, I'm Dave. Go. <laughs> no, God, no, I can't wait till we're back at studio. Talk. I can't wait till we're back at studio. This is tough. This is tough. Um, the the I said this before uh, on a show with Dave and Rob. The the uh, the Texans have a different plan. Than, than let's say the Cowboys mm-hmm. do. They are they want Deshaun Watson to be their guy because they had a star wide receiver that they traded away and and that look already looks like a bad decision. They they don't have the the Zach Martin Tyron Smith type of deal. They're they aren't saying hey we're gonna build this thing around Deshaun. They're saying. Deshaun is our main guy, number one. We're gonna pay him for sure, and we'll figure everything else out. And the Cowboys aren't doing it that way. So not yet, not yet. At whatever point, and this is what you look at the, the the league. This is what happens: the moment you pay that quarterback that big contract, is the moment you're saying we're going to have to start cutting back on the talent that we have at other places because the salary cap just doesn't work. I'm sorry, otherwise. I, I love Dak. He's not good enough for, as a quarterback to do that. I, I I'm sorry, he isn't. Which he is. That's the big question. I don't believe he's the guy that can just go win the game and not have a lot of help. I don't think he's. So you're going to go back to the to the drawing board. I, I, I'm trying to figure it out with him, but but I mean, so we don't have to go to the, these world class cleaners you guys are talking about. <laughs> Dave, where were you going? This, Nick Nick doesn't realize it, but he's kind of making my point for me. Is that the Cowboys? That's fine. If you don't think Dak is that guy, that's fine. The, if you're the Cowboys, the hope is that you got this deal done a long time ago, so that it becomes a bargain and you can help prepare yourself for the next iteration of this roster. The Cowboys didn't sign Russell Wilson the first time when he was the guy. They signed him and it eased into that transition where he became the guy. So think about it. I mean, you know, Tyron Smith is nearing, you know, he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning. Zach Martin is is turning 30 if he's not already 30. Like and 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 Dak is just getting more expensive. So if you tell me that I could have him at 35 a year, when it's going to definitely cost me 38 next year or maybe 42, I'm trying to get the cheaper deal and we'll worry about franchising him later or not franchising him if we have to. 
but DAC being more expensive as you have to let these older players transition out of your roster is not going to help you. The goal is to have him taking up as little of the cap percentage as possible, and I would have done whatever I had to do to make that happen, even if it means I got to pay for it later. Um, and that's like, I think it is going to be hard for them to keep a good roster around him with the way that they've decided to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, and, and, and I, I, I think more of Dak than Nick does, but that's fine. Well, like we can disagree on that all day respectfully, but they're not doing themselves any favor with the way that they're trying to allocate this cap space. I, I just think that he's not in the category of, you know, he's the guy and because to me, I've always thought Zeke is the best player on, on your team. I mean, he is the guy. And, and when they were winning as a rookie, I believe it was because of what they were able to do with that offensive line and Zeke. Uh, again, like I'm not going to go back with what I just said. I think I think Dak is is a leader of this team. He is the guy front and center. He he. You want him to be that. He is a tough as nails. He's a tough player that plays quarterback. And you don't hear that all, all the time. But I just think he needs help around him. So, and I, I want him to understand that. I think I think he does. He he need, he can't break the bank here, if, if it means that they they're going to go out and and you know they shouldn't be trading away. They're not going to trade away Ceedee Lamb in three years for a bag of chips like the like the Texans did. The one thing I will say is you didn't see Russell Wilson become the kind of quarterback that can do it without having great pieces around him until he was asked to do it without him having great pieces around him. That's true. And so That's even fair. though even though the assumption right now would be Dax maybe not that kind of quarterback, they've not asked that of him either. He's only been here when he's had great pieces around him. I do think, though, that, that they have to project that. And if they're going to do the long-term deal, they have to know that, hey. as it goes with all these quarterbacks, once you pay them that big deal, it's going to then affect the rest of your roster. Well, I, I know this is one game, and I'll get Dave and Amber's opinion on this. The Jets, okay? The Jets game, you didn't have Amari Cooper. Not sure why. He wasn't out there. Tyron Smith wasn't there. Maybe Lyle Collins, too. I Well, but I mean, they didn't have a lot of help around them, and they got beat by a really bad football team. And I wasn't saying it's all because of him, but it, it's games like that that could be an example of how it could be if it's all going to be about, you know, the quarterback. That's, Are they with us? We yeah. can have a separate we can have a separate conversation about how good we think Dak is. My point is if they had played this differently, they would be halfway through the deal already. And again, it's a more graceful transition. Whereas now you're probably in a situation where you're gonna have to decide whether or not Dak is worth it as you start to lose the players that make him so successful. Like Amari's only guaranteed for two more seasons. Again, Tyron Smith. We'll see how much longer he wants to play. He's probably never going to be as amazing as he was from 2014 to 2016. Um, I just, I wish that they had, it, it doesn't seem like they thought about the long-term future with this, in my opinion. But we're here now. So well, it it's really going matter. to be, it's going to be a, an ever-evolving storyline because until the Cowboys get a long-term deal done with him, there's going to be this kind of speculation that's out there, and there's going to be this kind of talk that's out there. So it is what it is. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have uh, we'll get you guys ready, start getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Falcons. Bucky Brooks will be joining us. He's going to break down the Falcons' offense versus the Cowboys' defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!